righteousness is my only hope of righteousness at heaven's throne. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to the Voice of My Beloved podcast with Brayden and Tally Waller. We are uh, going through the Song of Songs, getting towards the end of the book at this point. We'll take a moment here to quickly talk about some events coming up. We've got mid-August, Colin and Nancy Campbell coming out to give families a word of encouragement. It was really neat the last time they were out here that Colin, he just stood up and gave a just a, a charge, and it was just really cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just amazing just to hear his, his passion. And his, their family, if you know their family at all, they're really into speeches. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're just, they give epic speeches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. They're, and if anyone earned the right to give a charge, it's, it's Colin and Nancy. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're amazing. Absolutely amazing people. And yeah, and if there was ever a time that we needed encouragement as families, um, it's, it's now. It's now. That's right. There's a major breakdown. I feel like the government wants to steal our children and raise them themselves and right <laughs> we can't let it happen got to keep the family together <laughs> so uh, yeah so i'm um, encouraged uh that they're going to be coming out we've got about 120 people registered a lot of new families so it'll be fun to hang out with everyone have fun and be encouraged so encourage each other so that's good and then we've got sukkot coming up which is in september and all of that information can be found on loveandpurity.com. So check it out for more information. And yeah, dive into the study. Here we are. We're chapter 8, verse 8. We have a little sister, and she has no breast. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? So I just briefly at the outset here want to give two different interpretive views of this passage. So the first one is, is that this is the bride and the bridegroom speaking about those younger in the faith. They're saying, we have this little sister. You know, she's not mature. She doesn't know how to nurture others. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do for her? Mm-hmm. The other view is that this is actually the bride's brothers, and they're talking about those, uh, the bride as she's, when she's a young, young woman. You know, We have this little sister, or possibly in this interpretation, it could also be, that this is one of the bride's sisters, younger sisters. Mm-hmm. And so we have this little sister, the, the boys of the family say, she has no breast. What should we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? Mm-hmm. Basically, how are we going to protect her? So in the day that she's spoken for, when the day, on the day when someone is interested in her, mm-hmm. that we could present her as a, as a pure virgin. Mm-hmm. That's the second view. Okay. So we're just going to jump into the first view here. And I think there's some uh, interesting takeaways, some interesting truths in both of these views. And uh, first, we're going to just look at the the one uh, that we're talking about, we being the bride and the bridegroom. And so uh, we'll go on to verse nine just to kind of get into the into more of the, What's the answer. Yeah, here? the answer is, you know, what, what are we going to do in the day she's spoken for is the question. So verse nine, if she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement or a palace of silver. Okay, so here with this view that this is the the brides, uh, the bride and the bridegroom talking about those younger in the faith. The bride speaks of those that are coming up 
you know, if she's a wall, speaking of her her strength, you know, this the wall in the body would be the intercessors, those that are, you know, standing in the gap, right? Uh, God talks to Ezekiel and talks about, I'm just looking for someone to stand in the gap, right? To stand up as a wall to kind of hold back the enemy. So intercessors, pastors, prophets, all these, these roles are providing a wall of protection, you know, a pastor, a shepherd, you know, scripturally speaking is providing protection for people. Uh, the prophet is, is providing also that place of keeping out the lies of the enemy, speaking the truth of God's word. So if this younger sister is a wall, meaning she's uh, she's, she has this role of protecting God's people, uh, that's her primary function. Then it says, we'll build on her a battlement of silver. So we're going to build on this. We're going to build on, on this natural gifting that she has, this redemptive silver in the Bible speaks of redemption. So we're going to, we're going to build on her a battlement of silver. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to basically help her in this role mm-hmm. of, of her calling. And she's going, to, she's going to be used to see redemption for God's people, to see them come forth in their calling. Mm-hmm. And then, then if she's a door, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. So the door calling would be more of the evangelist, uh, the one that's you know calling people to come through the door of salvation, right? So in this view, it's saying, okay, if she's a wall, if she feels basically called to the inside, you could say, of the body, praying for the body, pastoring, prop, being a prophet to the body, then uh, we'll build on her. If she's a door, if she has this primary calling of being an evangelist, reaching out, bringing people into the door of salvation, they will enclose her with boards of cedar. And so the poetic interpretation is that the boards of cedar, as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, the cedar is representative of the, the fragrance of the Messiah, right? Okay. We're going to, we're going to help her in that calling by just really um, making sure that she's fragrant, right? That, that she's giving that gospel call, that her gospel message is fragrant and people long to go through that door of salvation. Okay. So this is the kind of, the, that's just the, 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 first, uh, the first interpretation. Uh, and so now let's take a look at the second interpretation, which I think, you know, both of these, as I mentioned, I believe have some very uh, good takeaways. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Verse nine, if she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement or palace of silver. So in, in this interpretation, that's the brother speaking. This idea is that if she's a wall, if she is not promiscuous, basically, she has made herself um, as a wall to she's not a pushover. She's not a pushover. Yeah. She's not just saying, hey, you know, come, you know, have at me. Um she, she's a wall. She's not allowed people to come into her life and steal her purity. And so if she's a wall, they say, okay, we'll, we'll build on that. We will, we will, um, really beautify that, that choice or that calling that she's embraced to be a wall. Mm -hmm. And so the days she's spoken for, then we can say, Hey, she's been a wall. She has been a wall. She has not just allowed anybody into her life. She's protected her heart. And I think of earlier in the song, it talked about the spring shut up, the fountain sealed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there's that place of where she, the bride has uh, embraced this calling to not just allow anything into her life, mm-hmm. right? She, she's, she has actual, you know, good boundaries in her life. And so here, if the sister is, is uh, walking in her footsteps, you might say, 
then uh, we're going to build on that. We're going to build on that a, a battlement or a palace of silver. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is, and based on, if we look on further, the bride says, I am a wall. And so this interpretation does seem to be pretty, I, I, I think this interpretation is, is very likely because mm-hmm. uh, the bride later on, she says, hey, I am a wall. This is, this is the path I have chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it says, if she is a door, basically saying, you know, people have easy access to me. You know, mm-hmm. the, if the little sister does not choose the route of being a wall of protecting herself, mm-hmm. if she just says, I'm a door, you know, people come in and out of my life. Uh, they can have, uh, they can have my heart. They can have my, they can have my purity. Uh, then the brothers say, we will enclose her with boards of cedar. So basically saying, you know, if she is going to be promiscuous, then we're going to need to put some restrictions around her. Mm-hmm. Right. So that in the day that she's spoken for that she'll be, she will be a, a pure bride. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the second so, interpretation. I mean, in reality, both of those interpretations could either be the brothers saying it or the bride and the bridegroom saying it. I suppose. I mean, right. I mean, either one of those could be, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm. I'm just thinking about. Um, we're listening to a teaching this past week, um, and just talking about, you know, there's some rough times ahead, and that's the bottom line. I mean, the there's going to be birth pangs. There's going to be there's a lot of pain in labor to bring forth this beautiful new life. And, and God has, you know, mentioned that several times in the Bible is going to be birth pains for this new kingdom, like, you know, this kingdom to come forward, this, um, this messianic reign, um, here on the earth. And so there's going to be birth pains with that. And, um, we're just talking about, um, this next generation. And I'm just seeing like, I'm seeing this question in a different light here because it's just saying, um, you know, we have this little sister. What will we do for our sister in the day when she's spoken for? It's almost like, uh, it's like, well, this time of the wedding is coming up. What am I doing with this? How are my little children going to handle this? And that was a part of the teaching was just like, how do we raise up a generation that are going to be able to face the trials, be able to face the, but it's like, they seem so immature and so young. Like, how are they going to be able to, what are we going to do about that? You know? And so, um, so anyways, it's a good, it's a good question. You know, what do we do with those that are immature in the faith right now? You know, it's like, oh man, people are already falling. How can we, how can we get them ready for the wedding day? There's, is there time, you know, kind of a thing. So I can see the, you know, the importance of the question, you know, um, what are we going to do? And so, and then it seems like there's this kind of like an answer, like, what are you going to do, you know, to the, the next generation, to the young generation? Are you going to be a wall or a door? I like that interpretation. That's, I think that, that one. Yeah. Where it's a choice, you know, it's right. Like, to I be mean, a wall or a door. Be, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Now so listen to the answer. Right. Yeah. So the encouragement here is yes, be, you know, as the world tries to make inroads into your life, be a wall. Don't, mm-hmm. don't allow the enemy, don't allow the fiery darts of the enemy to come into your life to, you know, as Proverbs says, keep your heart with all diligence. It takes diligent to keep those, you know, people talk about 
having walls up in a negative sense, mm-hmm. but I believe that there's a positive sense as well, mm-hmm. that we have, there are walls. We don't just allow anything to come into our lives. We don't allow just it to come through our eyes, through our ears, right? We, mm-hmm. we actually value the, the call to purity. You know, blessed are the pure in heart, Yeshua says, they shall see God. And so we value that call. So we actually do have walls because uh, here we're going on to verse 10, the bride says, I am a wall. Mm-hmm. This is the, the place. And, you know, the wall can serve, uh, you know, it, it serves as a protection from the enemy. It, here, I believe in the bride's case, it's, it's, she's, she's saying, I, I, I'm actually standing in this place in the gap as an intercessor. I am a wall. This is, this is who God's called me to be. Mm-hmm. I am a wall. And uh, there's, there's that element of, you know, holding back the, the uh, enemy, but also of protecting what is the, the, the holy within, within the wall, right? Mm-hmm. You know, of protecting those that are vulnerable within the yeah. wall. Mm-hmm. So she sees herself as this wall of protection. And I just want to mention a few people in the scripture that also related to this, I believe, this idea of, of standing for their generation. And I think of John, John the Baptist, he, you know, he's called to prepare the way of the Messiah, right? And he's, he actually says, there's one coming who is mightier than I. And that's quite a statement. You know, he, it almost, you know, in a, in a certain sense, it almost could sound like he's bragging. You know, there's actually someone greater than me, right? (laughs) (laughs) But he recognized just like the bride here, I, that he was a, a wall. He was someone that was calling people to this place of protection of, of, yeah, of repentance. You know, that's mm-hmm. the place of protection in the kingdom of God. That's the place of, of getting yourself out of the enemy's sight, right? I mean, you know, not allowing sin to fester and to grow in our lives. And so John the Baptist is calling people, I believe, uh, in this role of like, you know, I'm a wall. I, I'm one who is, who is uh, strong, but there's one stronger than me. Mm-hmm. And we see this throughout the scripture and it could sound prideful, you know, even what the bride says here, you know, saying I am a wall that could sound like pride, but I believe that there is a, a real sense. There's a supernatural sense of who God called her. It, like this is her identity. There's, there's, it's not a matter of boasting or pride. It's a matter of this is just who I am. And John the Baptist knew who he was. Uh, we see Samuel, you know, he's, he's talking with the people of Israel at the end of his life. And he says, you know, have I taken anything from you? You know, has there been anything that I have, you know, done wrong towards you? He had confidence that he had walked in integrity before the people. Mm -hmm. And they even said, you know, no, you've not taken anything from us. And so I believe Samuel walked in this role as well. He was a man who saw himself as God's vessel to bless his people. And he he knew that. He had a deep sense with it. He He wasn't questioning his call, right, at the end of his life. Uh, Enoch, it's amazing scripture here in Hebrews 11. He said, is he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. I mean, what an amazing thing at the end of your life to have this testimony that you please God. And there's a powerful emotional impact, I believe that happens when we, when we are sure that we have, it's been our intention to follow God with all of our hearts. Mm-hmm. That that's powerful because the enemy the, he's the accuser of the brethren, right? He's constantly wanting to doubt ourselves. He, he's wanting us to doubt ourselves. He's wanting us to second guess ourselves. Do I really, you know, and does God really love me? You know, does God really think about me? You know, and these type of things. What we see in these people's lives is that they were, those questions have been answered. 
they knew who they were. Here are the brides. He knows, I am a wool. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's, that's super, super important for us to be rooted and grounded in love. That, yes, the enemy is going to be throwing accusations, fiery darts, but we can say, hey, I know who I am. Mm-hmm. I know I'm, I'm loved by God. Mm-hmm. Now, God, he loves me with an everlasting love. Mm-hmm. And so it's a powerful, powerful thing. And I, and I, I want to, as a personal goal, I want to be able to say at the end of the race that I have, um, I have, I have run with diligence. You know, I want, I want, I, it's my prayer to God that he will allow me to run with diligence, to run with endurance, the race that is set before me mm-hmm. and, uh, and to not to end up bitter and, and, uh, and just disappointed at the end of the race, but to just keep going strong. I want to reach a verse here in, uh, first John three eighteen. It says, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. I I love this verse, assuring our hearts before him. Mm -hmm. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I believe, the place, the bride is coming to the end of her journey and she knows who she is. Yeah. And this is so key. That's good. In our walk with God to that our hearts would not condemn us, right? Mm-hmm. Secret sins that, you know, the way we speak about others, that these things do not creep into our hearts and actually condemn us. Mm-hmm. Then we have confidence. Mm-hmm. We can have each believer, I believe is called to have confidence before God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I pray that we can all walk in that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like too that, um, that there's not like a hopeless place for the door situation. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. Like, cause it's like, if she's a wall, I mean, we will build upon her a battle, a palace of silver. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's, you know, that's awesome. But if she's a door, it's like, it's not like, well then forget it. There's no, it's, it's still saying we will include enclose her with boards of silver. Like there's cedar. still there's with cedar, sorry <laughs> that we will. Um, yeah there's like a protection there, like realizing, okay, this person's not a wall. We're going to protect that. And I don't know. I, I just, I like that there's not like a hopeless picture there. It's more of a place of protection um, with, you know, with no matter what someone is, how someone is walking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So the bride says, I am a wall in my breast like towers. And she's been referred to as a tower a few times throughout the song. Mm-hmm. And just this tower of protection, right? You know, think of a tower. It's a, it's a place of protection, a place of, you know, you, people can come in into that tower in a time of difficulty. I think of, you know, a storm, you know, a tower, a, a lighthouse kind of, you know, a situation where there's storms and there's, but so as we mentioned before, throughout the song, the breasts represent the ability to nourish. Mm-hmm. She's saying, I have a tremendous ability to nourish. I can, I, I know what the little sister needs. Basically. Mm-hmm. I know what those younger in faith need. I've been where they are mm-hmm. and I know the truths that, that they need in their lives. Mm-hmm. I know the things that they're that going to cause them to grow in the truth. Mm-hmm. So she feeds them with the milk of the word. And so that's a powerful, powerful thing. And, and I believe God is raising up those that are confident in who they are in God that will be able to call forth others to walk in that same confidence, mm-hmm. to walk in that, in that assurity in that, or is that a word <laughs> in that sureness assurance. In that assurance? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then going on, then I became in his eyes as one who found peace. 
So as she walks out her calling of being this wool of, you know, nourishing others, she has peace in that, right? She, you know, and I look at men of God, women of God throughout history, and the ones that I see walking in peace are the ones that are walking in their calling, right? Mm -hmm. I think of uh, Billy Graham. I, there's, I, I don't know what you think about Billy Graham. I've just appreciated him in the, for, the, for the sheer fact that he just was faithful for his whole life. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, uh, it didn't seem like he veered off the track. He just had his face set mm -hmm. and he went, but I, I listened to a message he gave. One of the reasons why his message was so compelling is because he was very confident. He said, I know why I'm alive. I know why God made me. I know why I'm on this earth. Mm -hmm. And what a, a powerful thing to say to people that don't know, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. and he was telling them, Hey, you can have the same confidence. Mm -hmm. God can can speak to you and give you this confidence that you're, you're not just born on accident. Right. You were born for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. And, and so I, I saw him also as a man who walked in peace. You know, he, he knew who he was in God. He walked in peace. Another guy is William Booth. He was asked on his deathbed. Can you just summarize, you know, what your life was about? He said one word, others. And so this focus on here, we see the bride, she is a wall of protection. She is, she is nourishing others. I see William Booth in that light that he was, his whole focus was on others. He wanted to bless others. And what an amazing testimony to have that, that at the end of your life, you could truly say, I have invested myself in others. I have wanted to be a, a protection. I've wanted in the way that I spoke in the way that I lived my whole being my whole desire was to be a protection a place of, of safety mm -hmm. for those young in the faith to see them nourished and brought up mm -hmm. that that's just powerful mm -hmm. yeah. and this is her life goal i believe is to have peace in in the bridegroom's eyes right so as i walk out as you walk out those listening as you walk out your calling you'll find peace in his eyes speaking of the bridegroom and uh, that's that's the ultimate um i say that's the ultimate definition of success when you have peace in his eyes yeah so Psalm 119.65, it says, great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. Wow. Amazing. Just to have that great peace that comes from loving God's word. And part of, I believe, loving God's word is actually living it out. And a lot of living it out is how we relate to others, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's great peace for those who love the word of God, who live it out. Nothing causes them to stumble. Mm -hmm. we need that love for God's word because mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in this world that are going to try to make us stumble. Right. Right. Yeah. And I love, uh, just, you know, this whole picture of becoming in his eyes as one who had found peace. It's like, that's the truth. You know, it's like he knows whether you're at peace. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, we can really be striving for figuring things out and, you know, but, what an amazing thing to be at peace to the point where he looks at us, sees our heart and knows we're at peace. That's a really, yeah. it's a good place to be. Yeah. Amen. So going on to verse 11, it says Solomon had a vineyard at Baal Hamon. So this Hebrew word Baal Hamon or two words here, it actually could be translated Baal is Lord or master. And then Hamon is the Hebrew word for a lot or, uh, uh, much, right? So the literal translation would be Solomon had a vineyard at the Lord of many, you could say. Uh, Hamon could also mean many. So here we see this picture of the bridegroom. He has a vineyard that is, uh, it's, it's beyond 
it's it's beyond just a, a little vineyard, right? It's it's the, it's a vineyard at, and he's the master of many, right? And so this idea of the vineyard is that it's the people of God. And we even have a verse in Isaiah 5, 7. It says, for the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. So we have Israel, and then we have those grafted in, the believers in Yeshua that are grafted in to Israel. And so this is the vineyard of God, those that are, that are of Israel. And so uh, Solomon is a picture of the bridegroom throughout the song. So you could also, in, interpreting this verse, you could say Yeshua has a vineyard and it's, and it's the Lord, he's the Lord of many, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there's, this, there's this idea that he is, we are a part of his vineyard. Um, we are the vines, right? He is, he is the vine. We are the branches. Uh, we're the, the, the branches coming forth from him. Mm-hmm. So here we get into another really poetic part of the, of the song. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it, it's beautiful to think about him relating to his people as a vineyard though, you know, that he's keeping it, he's keeping it. He's wanting it to be fruitful mm-hmm. and, but it's, it, it's a, it's a worldwide vineyard, right? The people of God. So it goes on to say he leased the vineyard to keep her. So, so the bridegroom has this vineyard. It's a, he, it's a vast vineyard. He's the Lord of, of many across the earth. And he leased this vineyard to keepers. And so right before Yeshua died, he actually uh, gives this parable. Matthew 21 says, hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. So this is right before Yeshua dies. He gives this. He's basically saying, I'm about to go, and I'm going to entrust my vineyard into the hands of these vine dressers. He leases it to vine dressers and went into a far country. The far country in this parable is he's gone away to be with the Father in heaven for now. So uh, going along with this passage is here in song of songs, he's leased the vineyard to keepers. We are, if you're part of the body of Messiah, you're part of those keepers, the ones that are keeping the vineyard. He is, he's giving, he's giving you, he's entrusting to you a measure of authority, a measure of, of work to actually keep the vineyard. And, uh, there's a uh, responsibility in that mm-hmm. in first Corinthians three, nine, it says, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. Paul tells the Corinthians, you are God's field, you are God's building. So, you know, in whatever sphere of influence God has given you, you know, you, that's part of the vineyard that you have been entrusted to take care of. And, uh, and God, you know, he, he's going to empower you. He's going to bless you uh, to, to bless those that you are, that you're ministering to. And so I just bless you today as we uh, close out here that God would uh, strengthen you to be a wall you know, to be a wall of protection to those that look to you for, you know, you're a leader no matter whether you realize it or not. People are looking at your life and they are, they're, uh, they're gleaning something from your life. So may you be that wall, that wall of protection towards those who are looking at you. You might be a mother of children. You're a wall in that case. You're a wall of protection for your children. May God bless you to speak truth to those that look to you. And may you be that fruitful bride that Yeshua is calling you to be. Mm-hmm. This is Brayden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He's coming quickly.